What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Break, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. All right, we got some exciting stuff to talk about today, some hobby stuff. I'm a little bit sick, but feeling good. And uh, yeah, yeah, Brent took a took a trip, you know, as we talked a little bit about last episode. So why don't we start there? Brent, how, how have things been? How have been? Yeah. Things are good. Uh, before we get into that, Casey, I want to point out that this is episode 78 of Paint Brave, the podcast. And I was doing some math yes, earlier, is. and there are 52 weeks in a year. And if you divide 52 by 2, you end up with 26. And if you add 52 and 26, you end up with the number 78. So according to my calculations, this is the third year complete of Paint Bravely, the podcast. Is it really? That's 78? I didn't Hold even on, think check, about it. Check my math. How are we doing? I'm not. I'm going to believe the one. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Huh. So we'd just like to thank all of you for hanging around, and um, yeah, we we hope that you're getting some painting done while you're listening to this drivel, because we sure aren't. We're just <laughs> we're just sitting here hanging out, but but maybe maybe you're getting some painting done. That's that's what I like to think in my mind is that in some yeah. stupid way we are helping you with uh, slaying the gray, as they say, right? Right? As they say, that was some some good alliteration on all that right there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's serious. That's weird, man. I I didn't even realize we didn't even talk about this before. Uh, no, I didn't we did even not realize that this is this is just straight the the third year. I say man, it for you, Casey. Look, yeah, we don't we don't take <laughs> breaks. We don't do seasons. We have to it's do true. the hard math and divide things by the number twenty six because there are twenty six <laughs> fortnights in a year, and there are twenty six episodes of Paint Bravely in a year. And um, che- cheers, Casey. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a drink, or else I, I would. Oh, yeah. I would have. You know, I would have gotten. You've a been drink drinking a lot this. of Nyquil, though. Yeah, uh, okay. that's true, and feeling it for sure, <laughs> but. Uh, my uh, my mini fridge in my hobby space died yesterday. Like I went to no. go grab a drink, and I'm like, it's it's warm. Why? Why is this warm? It's been it's been running strong for you know five years, and it's finally gone. So, Rest in peace, brother. Yeah, did some good work. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, um, yeah, Casey, like you, you led in there. I took a little trip to Denmark, um, mm-hmm. and I can't say a whole lot about it, but I guess Army Painter spilled the beans. They put out a little little video advertisement where they had uh, a couple of folks wandering around in a parking lot in Denmark, and and there was a computer-generated image of a giant box of speed paints in the parking lot, and we were all looking mm-hmm. at nothing, being like, Oh, look how big it is. And so with uh, with movie magic these days, uh, it, mm. it, it had the appearance of us all looking at a giant box of speed paint. So, yeah, all in all, it was a pretty good trip. That's good. And that's all you can say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Then I went home. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yep. 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 Not yep, bad. Yep. Did Not you get to see anything like uh, you got to visit some sites or, or it was, you know all already painting all the time no i did i did uh take an extra day in copenhagen and just walk around like i walked for like for like eight hours i was just wandering around the city 
And I found that, you know, parts of the map that look like they might be cool were actually pretty boring. Like there was a big peninsula (laughs) on the northeast side of the city that I thought was going to be awesome, but it was just, um, it was just piles of dirt somehow. So, but but anyway, Mm. like a lot of the city was really cool. And I tried to go to as many of the, the little tourist spots as possible. And so there was the remains of a, of a star fort like from the, I don't know, 16 or 1700s, um, the, the, the fortifications when like there were, you know, the middle ages was giving way to cannon warfare. These star forts were really popular. It's just basically a design of walls where there can be overlapping arcs of fire for cannons. So, I I don't know. Yeah. So the design of, of these stars makes it so like the, the various walls of the star can like multiple walls can shoot at the same approaches to the fort. And so mm-hmm. just as, as part of this city, the walls aren't there anymore, but there is still this like geometrically perfect figure kind of uh, on the coastline of the city. And it's actually still an active military base. Like there were weird. Okay. Danish armed uh, service members just wandering around and there were like the, you know, the, the barracks from like the 1700s or whatever. And like the administration buildings from the 1700s is pretty cool. Um, mm. you know, some canals and old buildings and stuff. And, um, I guess one of the claims to fame of Denmark is, uh oh, I forgot the guy's name, but he wrote like Uh-oh. a bunch of stupid children's stories. Um, and one of them was The Little Mermaid. And so all okay. all of the tourist books, like all of the souvenir shops were like, you gotta go see the statue of the Little Mermaid. And just like right, the, right. at the at the at the airport in Copenhagen, the souvenir shop was like half different little statuettes of a little mermaid. <laughs> And you could get it on a keychain or a magnet or like a t-shirt or, and and seriously, there are like five different little figurines of a little mermaid statue. And so I, I, so I went there, I I walked over to the little mermaid statue in real life in Copenhagen, Denmark. And it was the most disappointing uh, (laughs) thing I have ever seen. Like it was... Like it would barely even rate like a like a Pokey stop in Pokemon Go. It was it was like the it's saddest the monument I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it was I, okay. So it was you know like a copper statue or whatever, and it was roughly human size, and it was two meters out into the sea. It was just on a rock that was like a jump away from the the coastline. Like you could, right. yeah, you could get a running start and just land on the rock that had the little <laughs> little mermaid out there and it wasn't like on a pedestal or way up high like statue of liberty or anything it was it was below any viewer it was just like you look down at the ocean where like the you know right. styrofoam cups are floating by and there's a stupid statue of like a <laughs> oh, little no. mermaid and there were like there were like a hundred tourists there taking pictures of this sad taking little pictures. thing and i was just looking around like you <laughs> all of you are buying this like all of you like uh, (laughs) at a certain point you're like well you know what i flew here i might as well 
it, you know yeah. it is it is a famous story it's been done obviously like a bunch of times so uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. yeah i mean have you ever been to plymouth rock no i haven't no okay yeah it, that's what it sounds like it's like you're you're kind of like oh this is like this historical landmarks landing site for these ships that came in and all the stuff and it's like no they, they built this little thing and there's, there's a rock down there and that's that's the rock is it that bad? <laughs> you're okay. Kind of like, you're kind of just like that's that's fun, <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> I I assume that is like actually the rock that uh, I don't even remember the name of the ship that those those people came on, but like that that those uh, like the Mayflower, and, the Mayflower. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, which weirdly enough, I actually have direct ancestor. I mean, a lot of people do, but uh, uh, John Alden. It's like my ninth great grandfather or something. And there's like books about him. And there's even like the John Alden gift shop literally across the street. I'm just throwing that out there. I, okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to out you, but that sounds a lot like your last name, Casey. Weird. I Weird. said that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Little Mermaid, man. Like, uh, that is you actually pretty get cool. like a model, like a little miniature. No, I, I took a pic- like, I gonna... did take a picture <laughs> of the souvenir store where they devoted okay. half of their shelf space. We're gonna talk about shelf space later in this episode. They devoted half of their shelf space to the su- souvenir shop to like different iterations at different price points of the Little Mermaid statue, and. I want to say, like, like, I'm not crapping on Copenhagen here. Copenhagen was an awesome city, and it had a lot of other statues, a lot of really impressive statues that were cool to look at. It had, like, palaces and forts and, and cannons and yeah, churches. Yeah. Like, it was a very interesting, nice city. I, I enjoyed my day there. Um, but the fact that all of the guidebooks tell you to walk like a little bit out of your way to go see the little mermaid sitting six feet out into the ocean and just, you know, below eye level, like covered in trash is just <laughs> direct people to any other spot. Are you just trying to like get tourists out of your way? I, I don't know. Like it's just, <laughs> that's possible. They're just like, uh, yeah, head over to the ocean. So this is, stay this out is of my city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the joke. So that, so that May, would actually be even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in in Maine, there's kind of two highways that run parallel to each other, going north to south. Mm. And one of them is the one locals use, and one of them is the one that has all the tolls on it, and like all the signs right. like direct you to go to the toll run, and the locals know not to do that. Yeah. Um, it felt like maybe it was, maybe it's like that. I don't know, but um, Copenhagen did seem pretty cool. Uh, I feel like it is my responsibility to tell you not to go visit the Little Mermaid statue unless you are really trying to kill time, or or just like get a <laughs> selfie doing a thumbs down in front of it or something. Send it to me. I don't, I don't know. Like it's not it's not cool. It's not. <laughs> You're just insulting everyone from Denmark right now. <laughs> <laughs> like we love that statue how dare no, you <laughs> no the people from denmark know that the little mermaid statue is rubbish yeah. like they know they know yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. the tourist trap yeah now we're all in on the joke it's cool it's cool yeah you got me you got me good job <laughs> i i feel like i feel like uh i would have definitely bought a little statue to paint or you know yep keep it model related somehow but i get it i get it 
Yeah, I kept I kept my kroner. I'm not I'm not throwing my kroner <laughs> away on something like that. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you spend it all or did you get it transferred back? Or did it even matter? Did I still I still have anything? a small I still have a small pile of coins with me. Yeah. Nice, nice. A little, a little souvenir there. That's a better souvenir than... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's actually worth something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's man. me. What's, what's new with you, Casey? Um, uh, I, I always say, like, not a lot, but that's never true, is it? Um, oh, you got a list. I know you do. I always have a list of stuff. Like, I bet... I, so I finished up a, a Stormcast army, like 2,000 points, just kind of shoved it in a video last week. Uh, that was pretty cool. I used AI to create the like lore story behind it that kind of justified the project, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, somebody in my Discord was doing that, and, and they were coming up with some crazy stuff and getting like this art made up, you know, AI doing all this stuff. Uh, turns out a lot, of, a lot of hate for the AI out there on the internet. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of. I don't, I don't know anything about it. Seemed cool to me. But yeah, so I've been working on that and then uh, just kind of randomly, like I was looking at that old Sisters of Battle tank that you sent me like four, five five years. I don't know. It's it's been a while. It's like four or five years ago um, that was covered in like flies and stuff. Uh, And then and then you uh, you gave me that that whole challenge of like, oh, well, you can't use any of the actual colors. No. So I had to go with the the green, just bright Mm -hmm. green Sisters Mm -hmm. of Battle tank, which, of course, doesn't make any sense. But I don't know. I've just been thinking about that for a long time, and like I still have it, and I still like it, and it looks cool, like green. It's different. It's out there, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take that and run with it. And I decided to just have some fun and convert a whole bunch of these sisters of battle models that I got and uh, make them all gross and nerdly, and that sounded fun. So I did it. I did a little squad of five, and I've been working on that this week. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Like I uh I took a picture of them, and they're pretty much finished state. And I have this like little display rack that's like up behind me up here. Um, and I I didn't even realize it, but like most of the models that I have that are finished that are like little squats are almost all female. Huh. Which like was not on purpose, and it's like just oh I really like this model over here. I'm gonna take this and set it aside, and like. Weirdly, most of the singular models that I painted are small squads for like dis- not display technically, but that are just happen to be female. I thought it was a weird coincidence. Uh, just going to point that out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah so that I have is an entire display case. I, I, I don't know what it is, if it's just the, the way the models are sculpted or what the deal is, because they're like all completely different and some of them aren't even the same scale. But yeah, they just jumped out at me. Uh, a lot of the Ravaged Star stuff that Dave sent me um, literally are all female models. Yep. Didn't even realize until I got them and I painted yep. them. I was like, oh, yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, sensing a theme here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've I've noticed that before that I... I have a draw towards female models and who knows what's wrong in my brain be causing that. But also there is the issue of for a long time, there were not enough female models. And so there's, there's right, a little yeah. bit of a, you know, a correction going on there. Um, I can in, see in that. Yeah. Desire. Like to, the, the newness of something. something. Yeah. 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 
Um, huh. All right, before I forget here, I wanted to give a shout out to an old video from Next Level Painting. So Kenny Boucher. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you painted that green Sisters of Battle tank, the paint scheme definitely reminded me of an old Next Level Painting video from Kenny Boucher. And like a really old one. Yeah, yeah it's, it says it's seven years ago. Uh, it has 40K views. Nice, nice. Uh, uh, man, I was going to recommend people go see that. Okay, no more than 1,000 people go see this because it's at 40K views right now. That's pretty funny. But it is the <laughs> yeah. top five hacks painting videos from Next Level Painting. Top five mm -hmm. hacks painting vehicles, Next Level Painting. And yeah. it's Kenny's just going through and painting these sweet looking green tanks and actually this was like a formative video for me yeah me because too. yeah it's he, he starts with like kind of a, a medium green and then he just takes his airbrush and he starts squirting brighter and brighter green and then he he eventually switches over to just squirting patches of yellow at this thing mm -hmm. just making almost random highlights around on on the armor plates of this tank and there's there's such a good lesson there in that uh you you almost don't need to know what you're doing just getting <laughs> some some variety in color tones getting some variety in in light and dark and uh just also the, the concept of green highlights very nicely with literally just yellow like you, you yes. don't need to go mm -hmm. up to like super mint green to highlight it every time sometimes mm -hmm. you can just change out the green in your airbrush for yellow and and squirt some highlights on there um but the the lesson i took away from this video was that there are more right ways to do this stuff than wrong and uh it's just a little, little paint bravely lesson there of just yeah Squirt your tank green, squirt your tank bright green, do little patches of yellow green and yellow, and I mean just just there's so much pop and vibrancy to to that undercoat, and then he you know paints in all the details and the treads and and just a little bit of weathering, and before you know it, it's like wow that's a that's a great looking tank, and um we also go go watch that that Casey video where he paints <laughs> up a What's it even called? The the uh, sisters of battle uh, tank with the, the organ the, on the back. Yeah, the organ tank, right? I think that's just what it's called. It's so ridiculous, like it in the best possible way. It's absolutely ridiculous, and I love it. <laughs> like mm -hmm. they they even when they redid the the line and put it into plastic, um, they added some cool stuff to it, but they didn't do a lot of changing. Like the model and the the tank is is the exact same size everything's in the exact scale it's not like it's a bigger weird like uh you know uh what are the stupid marines the big ones you know it's not, a, it's not a primaris organ tank. yeah yeah yeah. it's not a primaris organ tank it is it is the same thing but like nicer um nice. so i was pretty happy about that and i actually have one of those too i haven't gotten around to it but i do have one it's built and it looks cool um Speaking of Kenny, though, yeah, the, some of those early airbrushing videos, insanely informative. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I told Kenny this the last time I saw him. It's like the only reason that I even own an airbrush 
is because of those videos. Like the only reason, because I didn't even think about it. I started with a brush when I was, you know, a, a teenager, um, gave up for 20 years and then came back. And I was like, that's just how you do it. You just pick up a paintbrush and start going, which is what I did until I saw those videos. And I'm just like, oh, oh, this opens up a whole new door. For and sure. like the the very first video that I posted on my channel was an airbrushing tutorial. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was probably my second week owning an airbrush. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Show people how to do it. That's right. Yeah, literally. It was like I picked up an airbrush and I just started going for it, um, which is insane. And and a lot of that definitely comes down to Kenny's videos and, and um, showing that how basically how easy it is. Right. Secretly easy. The airbrush. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, when I was when I was getting back into the hobby, I guess seven years ago at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, this video is seven years old, but yeah, I was watching <laughs> Next Level Painting. I was watching basing videos for Eons of Battle. Um, definitely, you know, yeah, Eons of Battle. Yeah, like before they went to college. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, no, they had, they have a whole series of of like two minute long basing videos from like, like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, and I they're no great. Idea. They're phenomenal. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. That's they're really crazy. good. Yeah, I thought you just um, misspoke. I'm like, that's impossible. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, and Incredible. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of videos from seven years ago that I remember the actual video. And this this green tank video from Next Level Painting absolutely is one of those. Um, I remember a, a girl painting a Tyranid highlighting video. Um, mm-hmm. where, she, where she has a Tyranid and she's for, for highlighting the armor. She's just like slapping on a lighter color uh, on on the armor plates like not not super neat edge highlighting or anything like that just oh oh that's that's how it's done like <laughs> almost just like a rough like feathering on of of the highlight and i don't know there's there's the handful of videos that i i remember very clearly from when i got back into the hobby that that are mm-hmm. definitely made an impact and and uh anyway that that green tank is one of them. So ch- ch- yeah, check yeah, that for out. sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good video. Um, also, the, the whole idea of um, getting a brighter color, you know, not by like adding white to it or, or even a brighter green, right? It's the saturation yep. level with the yellow that yep. makes it more vibrant and bright. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I since seeing that video. That's, that's definitely in my head every single time I go to highlight something. I always think, is this going to desaturate it if I add, you know, whatever color? Or is it going to make it more vibrant and actually highlight? So it's like that was that was a huge, huge lesson when I started, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Man, it's, be fun. It's, it's actually stuff like, like that property of green where you can highlight it with yellow or mm-hmm. to a point you can highlight red with yellow but you have to be careful so that it doesn't all of a sudden just the whole thing looks orange um but it's that kind of stuff that actually makes me want to just throw out the entire color wheel like there are there are only so many colors (laughs) and they each kind of have unique rules and tricks and properties to them that Mm -hmm. in a way it's just like learn what to do with green 
learn what to do with yellow, learn what to do with blue, like just go around the color wheel, learn a, yeah. a couple little like like tricks and, and ways to combine different colors and, and things to do with them. And um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, the, the color wheel is nice and it teaches you a few things, but there's there's a point where it's just like, no, they're all they're all kind of different and they're not that many colors. So just like yeah <laughs> they're, they're like six points around the wheel just learn uh, a couple sweet tips for each of those points around the wheel you'll be good i mean i i do think that that is probably one of the bigger differences between uh you know people coming in fresh even if they have somewhat of a knowledge of like how colors work and people have been painting for a while is there are little things right it's like the whole um pale sand Right. Just highlight everything with pale sand. It's like, sure. well, there's some yellow in that. There's vibrancy. It's still an off white. So you're getting a lighter color, but it's like desaturating it less. So you end up just getting a good highlight out of that for a lot of different colors. Right. Um, and it's just weird things like that that you pick up um, that just pushes everything about your painting. And I don't know. It's, it's like a weird trial and error kind of thing. Um, Cause like I started, you know, Sure, I used white, but then I used ivory or, you know, I had this like P3 off-white color that I used for a long time that was like my go-to for highlighting stuff. And uh, now I'm like more in the saturation level and then like brightest highlights of white and some other stuff and then filter that down with the, the color so it's just more saturated, you know, like with inks or something. It's, I don't know, it's just an interesting... Uh, path that we end up following that it's kind of unique for everybody sure sure that you just uh or this conversation just jogged my brain of uh yeah vince venturella has a whole series of like what to know about purple and and stuff you should know about yellow and uh i gotta go (laughs) rewatch those because they're they're great they're they're great yeah yeah if you want if you want specifics on each color that's that's where you gotta go and and those videos back in the day for sure or huge yeah um and a lot of the stuff that i'm doing now is just they're, they're not all he's been putting them out over the past course of the past couple of years i'm not even sure if he's mm-hmm. finished the whole series but he's got most of them out i think so but he's most um, of them yeah look at a color wheel figure out what mixes to make what figure out what mixes to make brown and uh <laughs> know what order they go in and then throw out your color wheel and just learn a few facts about green a few facts about red and you'll be good like yeah <laughs> yeah it's true well especially because you know if you buy a, a, a set of paints like any company's set of paints it's like you're you're not gonna have to mix colors right like they're all you're gonna have a hundred different types of every color mm-hmm. so it seems fine like it's not necessary <laughs> although it's good to know like especially you know if you're using like a wet palette or something you should probably just know what those things are going to do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the the color wheel fans to come at us now. I think we've made some enemies here today. That's that's nothing I mean, new. That, that's normal. I, yeah. I still have a color wheel. Like it's it's. I still on my have desk. a color wheel, <laughs> and plus I could like draw one pretty easily. You know, like right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, you know, after a certain amount of time, it's like not necessarily necessary to have on hand. Right. Like, yeah. 
I don't know. Right, right like, you uh, live, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, it's fine. Um, oh, man. What else have you been up to hobby-wise? You've been doing anything like... I mean, obviously well, you were gone, but have you done any hobby well, at all? Any painting? I, I checked my mail and I got a Kickstarter in that I <laughs> backed a little while ago. I got my my the art of books. I got the next three in the right, series, right. so numbers four, five, and six, and uh, it's from Dave Taylor Miniatures. Um, just little little art books featuring various artists in the miniature painting community, and I haven't had much time to spend with it yet, but. It's it's nice to to read the little backstories of of these artists who you might know their name and even if you don't you'll probably recognize their work and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to learn the backstory of like the 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 pantheon of semi famous miniature painters and, yeah. right yeah so I'm, I'm I mean happy. We, we are uh, we're in a small enough community that you know you get a book like that you study it you learn things there's a good chance that you'll probably end up running into one of those people at some point and being able to ask them questions. It's like, absolutely normal in most hobbies. You know, it's like, Oh, I like movies. Well, I'm not going to just run into Martin Scorsese, you know, at the next convention, but it's kind of cool that I guess we get the opportunity to, to highlight people in the community and also generally be able to actually meet them in person. I think that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if we can collect some of these the art of miniature painters there at uh, at Adepticon when we go. So yeah, yeah, I I think a lot For of people sure. uh, are doing classes. Uh, a lot of European painters are coming over this year, so that's going to be interesting. Should be pretty cool. Mm-hmm, uh, I'm mm-hmm. not taking any any classes from anybody, but you know, like still be able to see nah, wandering around, just wandering around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just yeah. wandering around. Um, that that is actually why I did the uh, the corrupted sisters of battle though because I was I was kind of preparing I was in preparation for Adepticon because a few people are like oh I want to play some kill team so I yeah. you know, I looked through the the kill team book and I'm like well I want to do something fun so I built this specifically for Adepticon even though I don't know if I'm end up going to play at all but you know. Yeah, it makes sense to to put a little skirmish team in your bag. I think I'm going to bring some some relic blade, some some relic buds, if you will, in in, in oh, my yeah. backpack. And, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely um, going to do that too. I got I got a nice squad of six guys ready to go. So heck yeah, heck yeah. yeah so so yeah. did you uh, put those those chaos sisters to of battle together as chaos proxies or as sisters kill team or both? Make a bring so, two yeah, lists with you that's the, that's the thing right so i could what? bring two lists if i bring a couple extra models if i want to do some death guard um okay. i also just got my death guard kill team back from uh Lachlan, zorp zorp he mm. sent me back the the actual models that i sent him finally got a got um, a couple kill teams yeah yeah so i do have a couple i've only played like once though so i have no idea how to use it um but uh no, the the cool thing about the the Sisters of Battle thing is like, I can use it as a just a themed like here's five a uh, squad of five sisters in my Sisters of Battle army like it doesn't matter, right? There's like the somewhere in there it's like penitent sisters or like people who did something they're being punished so here they're over there but they're they're doing their their penance and fighting for people, 
So it's like, I can just call it that, whatever. Nobody's going to yep. argue. Um, or they kind of look like plague marines and they carry roughly similar weapons. So it's like, I could just call them that too. So I, I'm planning on just kind of using them for both. Like there I have a very, very large Death Guard army that I've been working on that I haven't finished. I started yep. uh, two years ago almost. And like the goal was to finish it. And I still have it, but uh, people I still ask that. me about it. <laughs> like I'm still getting Cheers. comments like, so uh, hey, yeah. what's up? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll get there, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I figure that's just going to add to that. I'll just throw it in. <laughs> oh, I fine. hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I like the idea that models could be used as like for double duty, right? You know, in, a, in an otherwise not model agnostic game, clearly. Um, the fact that it's all very similar, you know, is like, well, I could just use it for both and call it whatever I want, which is honestly why the whole AI thing with the other army I was working on kind of intrigued me because it's like, look, if I need actual justification for somebody who's going to try and like rules lawyer me or something, it took me two minutes to write a thing down for it to spit out a very compelling argument, essentially. Like, do you, do you need to have a rant <laughs> about computers here, Casey? I don't, I mean, not computers. I think people who want to tell people how to hobby, I think is, is the rant that I would be going on. Um, <laughs> but the fact well, this that like is, this is your chance you know, no out. pressure no pressure but no, like yeah, if you not. if you need to do this like i'm <sighs> now's your chance all right listen you sons of bitch no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode 78 of paint bravely the podcast this yeah. is this is our three-year anniversary and listen here you sons of bitches <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been three years that i've been holding this in since day one uh, I've used no. computers every day for those three years, and I got yeah. something to tell you about <laughs> Chat GT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I don't. I don't have anything against that. Um, I like I said, it's people who want to like rules lawyer you to death, or or like tell you why you can't make something when you just want to make something, right? Like, I I do think that the AI thing is cool because it gave me something compelling that made me want to do a project, which is interesting just on its own, whether you like it or hate it, it's interesting. Um, but something like, like this, it's just thought it would be fun. So I did it. And if anybody thinks that that's not good enough, I, I just, I don't know what to tell people, you know? So yeah, that would be my only actual issue, which isn't really an issue. Nobody's really ever done that. So <laughs> Well, you got some stone cast with moss. That's pretty cool. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, <sighs> we'll see. I've been I've been putting together a lot of models recently. Putting been putting together a lot of conquest models, and mm. uh, yeah. So so I did did want to mention that I finally found uh, a conquest kit that I think is like a level like good okay. yeah so okay. we've we've had this conversation before that a lot of the conquest kits are okay pretty good decent C, not yeah, bad c plus b minus yeah. yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'd put a lot, a lot of the ones I've used at it, like a B is is where I'd put a lot of them. That's um, fair. But they, yeah. they're polystyrene kits, multi-part plastic. Um, they have decent detail. They're it's kind of cool that they're a little bit larger than the typical wargaming minis, but also they. I don't know. They they have some seams in unfortunate places, like some joints in unfortunate places sometimes, and uh, yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough like diversity in the in the weapon choices and stuff like that. Uh, they're so like a lot of the the conquest kits are okay, B level, not bad, good enough, okay, yeah. Uh, but I found yeah. one. I found one that I like, or that that okay. I think is an A. So, from the Nord faction, there's a new mm-hmm. unit of ranged troops called the Bow Chosen, and they're great. They're they're the sprue from Archon Studio says uh, 2022, and okay. they have, <laughs> for the most part, the the gates join the bits at reasonable places. The, they assemble well, the, the seams are mostly hidden, and they look good. They're dynamic poses, they look good, the seams are mostly hidden. Um, yeah, so so I've noticed the general trend of they are basically getting better, that, that Conquest line of minis. Like, they've been doing a pretty good job yeah. of continually releasing kits for the last five years or so, I think, they've been around. Maybe not quite that long, but... Um, and and some of those very first kits, like the the Men-at-Arms or the, the Militia Bowmen from the Seven Kingdoms faction, <laughs> I think I think that is 100. the... The best example or the worst example, the Militia Bowmen from, from the Seven Kingdoms faction. 100. It's like, okay, it's a multi-part plastic. All you have to do is be able to hold a bow and have an offhand and have it not look stupid. And <laughs> with with all of the bits on this sprue and, you know, any combination of left arm and right arm at any possible angle, I was not able to make a single model that looked like a an actual human being. Like I, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> right, like they, yeah. Like, one arm would just be in, like, a super weird angle, and, like, it is impossible to line the arms up as if they were actually drawing a bow so or just, just kind fired of an arrow. Off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, if you try to position the arms, for example, like they are either lining up to take a shot or they just released an arrow, whatever like it, it it doesn't line up they're the left arm and the right arm are not you cannot make them point towards the same object on the horizon <laughs> like, right <laughs> that's so weird um but but interestingly in in the conquest line a lot of the kits are dual kits so like you can build that unit of 12 troops either as militia bowmen or as militia like uh pike and shields yeah what, like whatever spears they're called. or whatever yeah yeah and and the pike and shields actually looks okay not great but okay but if you build that kid as bowman it's just like oh my goodness like 
I cannot make a single one of these models look good. I don't know how I'd try to make a unit of 12 of these. If anyone made a unit of 12 of these, can you imagine, like, just just, just arranging <laughs> Just it. everybody's. Yeah, you, you take those 12 models and you arrange them in order of, like, uh... looks like a reasonable human being to, uh... <laughs> yeah. To number 12 at there at the end, and just like, yeah, I don't even want to imagine what you end up with, like in the, in the back ranks of that unit. Like, that's <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, ooh, ooh. I, I got a, I got a couple of those, even out of the, the newer old Dominion stuff. There's just a couple where it was like, you know, the arm just doesn't quite look proper. So he's sure. in the back, he's in the back. That's fine. Sure. Like, it's not off sure. enough. And, and I do, I do hear you. Like I see the the improvements that are being made. Like I think Archon Studios is just getting better at lining yep. up stuff and and knowing, you know, oh, if we put this here, it kind of folds over, and then there's no seam. Um, like I do really appreciate that about them and Conquest in general. Like they're trying so hard to get better. Um, yeah, and they definitely are. Like they're yeah. like visible improvement. Um. And I think it is from from both parties. Like I think the sculptors are doing a better job of designing the kits, and I think uh, Archon is doing a better job at at dividing the models in the right places to to hide the seams a little bit better. Um, and I don't know the full story, but in the first couple of years of Conquest, there was a different plastic caster. I think they were in the United States. Um, and it, it's very obvious to tell the difference in the molds because yeah. there's a, there's an older set of molds where the, the, the frames of, of the sprues, uh, the, the runners have like a circular cross section and it almost mm -hmm. looks like a, a model car kit or, or something that you'd get at the toy store or a model attack helicopter kit. Um, mm -hmm. But when they made the switch to Archon Studio in, in Poland, they use almost like a trapezoid cross section of the the frame of their of their molds, and yeah. I think they do it on purpose to remind people of Games Workshop uh, to to <laughs> right. you know to leave that idea in people's minds, mm -hmm. and like even even the earlier molds from archon studio were definitely not you know games workshop quality there were there were definitely yeah. problems in there um but i just wanted to point out that i that on one of the most recent kits and this was the nord faction the bow chosen is the, is the one that i really noticed is like okay this is a good kit this is a good kit from conquest and i'm excited to see what's what's coming in, in 2023 and um yeah, Parabellum actually, they did send me some of their new kits, and so I actually have, uh, I haven't built them yet, but I have some of the new, oh, I don't even know what they're called. They're like the Greek cities line. They have minotaurs and hoplites and stuff, and I need to build those kits and see if they mm. are continuing on the trend of being pretty good these days or not. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I'm, I, yeah, it's hard to say. I would think so. Um, yeah. just because even even the last kits, the last couple that I built, um, were decent. Like they weren't terrible at all. Um, nice. nice. Like I still I still have some issues with the, uh, not so much the size of the models, but you know I think I think we mentioned this in the magnet sandwich episode talking about the bases, right? Like what's going on? Like they're they're sizing the models to just 
barely fit on the bases and it kills me. Like it makes no damn sense. You have 38 mil models on 25 mil bases. You're killing me. No reason for that. So yeah, it's the weird stuff like that. Weird decisions, but you know, I get it. You're already working in a system. Um, I guess you can kind of control scale creep a little bit that way. Actually, now that I think about it, like you're not going any bigger because you literally there's can't. A, there's a hard limit on what you can put on a 25 millimeter base. And right. They, yeah, it's they drew of... a line in the sand. Like, look, we are putting <laughs> all of these on 25 millimeter bases. And uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> somebody took that challenge and just scaled it up 150% regardless. <laughs> That's what of, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So. Um, that's, it's interesting. Um, I still have more models. I have one, one model I haven't put together for old dominion. I put everything else together. Um, still looking into buying some more of that stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, if you're, if you're listening at home, Brent just pulled out like eight boxes of conquest that he hasn't touched. Jeez. I used a 10% discount code. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need all of the, the conquest. So are you going to be bringing some some conquests, some uh, what, first blood, little skirmish teams? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, you know, maybe I'll hang out at the the conquest booth there, there I mean, on the I, I show floor. I think we floor. should. Yeah, because yeah. if, if they're doing yeah. a first blood demo, I wouldn't mind actually getting in on that to to learn that. Because like realistically, I like I enjoyed the actual tabletop game, um, but I'm way more interested in, in having a, a skirmish game, you know, to play, um, especially because they have those like starter boxes or the, the taster boxes or whatever. And it's like uh, just a smattering of like everything in the faction, just a couple different models. Like that's essentially just here's your skirmish team for like not a lot of money. It's it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they have these. They call them the taster boxes, which is a. I think every game should do this. Every model company, every miniature game company should do this. The faction taster boxes, which is like one leader model one hq or or whatever you want to call it hero and then either four or sometimes six but normally four uh models from two different units so like Mm -hmm. a like a like a total of nine models in the box something like that um and one of the the interesting useful things about conquest is a lot of their kits are dual kits so you can build a kit either as against spearmen or bowmen or you know whatever the case is and so if if there's you know four models of militia you can build that as two bow militia two spear militia you got your leader and then you got you know four models from some other unit and so the taster actually gives you a really good sense of like here is a representative sample of what models from this faction look like and you yeah. can build them and touch them and work with them and, and paint them and see if you like that faction. And um, I actually uh, recently bought one of the boxes, one of the faction tasters for the Spire, which is mm-hmm. like their alien slash elf race with cloning yeah. and body mutations. And <laughs> Some weird crap in that army, yeah. Yeah, and and I put those together a couple nights ago, and 
some of them like there's there's a lot of stuff i was like oh this is really cool and then there's some stuff like this is really weird and yeah uh, but it was <laughs> it was great to have that experience and um i wish the faction taster boxes were like 10 bucks cheaper or something like that but but still mm -hmm. it it is a it's a worthwhile buy because you get to to play around a little bit and, and get a taste of yeah. the faction so there's that yep yeah for sure i know we're just like shilling for freaking parabellum right now but <laughs> you know it's good stuff man it's it's the game that interests me it it's uh, weird though right like yeah, it's weird the, that are, that's the game yeah i mean warlord games and mantic games are two other companies that cast in plastic and they've gotten much less airtime on paintbrush for the podcast and that's fair <laughs> nothing against them but they just haven't captured our interest in the same way that parabellum has and i don't know why but i i think partially it's it's that um like we played that demo game Maybe. and it was actually good <laughs> man that's a, that's a whole other wild thing is that just the what can a single demo game do like how mm -hmm. yeah how many I mean, good I, vibes I can a demo like game give you if if you actually i mean there's a reason that they do them right obviously mm -hmm. um, but if you if you go into any game store it's like oh hey we're teaching this board game like how much more does that board game sell if if you've now taught someone the rules like i own tons of board games like they're literally just surrounding me right now and i know how to play like a small percentage of them right the ones that i was taught how to play i still play mm it's kind of a big deal. I think like knowing something and knowing that, you know, something when a lot of other people don't know that thing and being able to then share that with people or teach them is kind of a big deal when it comes to tabletop gaming. I think that demo game did more than we probably realize um, because I mean, I haven't played since, you know, I, I have, I don't even own a rule book. I think it's free anyways, but like, I don't have anything to just look at. Oh, I'll give you a rule book, Casey. <laughs> now, yeah, their starter boxes ship with two rule books in each oh, box. Okay, you're right. And so then technically, I'll, I, I'll hook I do. you up, buddy. Yeah. No, I do have one. Then. Okay. I, I got. Okay. I did get one in the the Old Dominion starter box that I do buy. Okay. I forgot. Yeah. I think they switched to uh, uh, edition two recently, so I'll, I'll bring another one anyway. But uh, cool, 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 cool. I'll have to look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that, uh, not that we're going to be reading it or playing it or any of that, but you know, um, <laughs> I don't well, know. Good to have on your bookshelf either way. That's fair. Like my, my bookshelf that I have in front of me is filled with literal rule books. Like this, this whole section right in front of me, it's all books. <laughs> I do like a good rule book. Okay. Like, like having it on a shelf is, it's a cool thing. Like I do like it. I mean, I've got my like third edition 40k book and like, I'm very fond of that book. I read it a lot, you know, when uh, I was 12 years old. The last rule book I ever read, the third edition 40k. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff about that book. I don't know. It's not the same. I, I bought eighth edition. I don't think I opened it once. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I built all the models though. <laughs> Definitely believe that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, man. You know, man, I have several copies of the rule book uh, from Age of Sigmar 3rd edition. You know why? <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> I think I have a feeling as to why. Yeah. How many boxes it... are you up to now? <laughs> I literally don't know how many boxes of uh, Dominion I have. I think it might be three. I'm not okay. super clear on that. It's either two or three. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm currently up to three. Okay. Like okay. I have three boxes. Uh, I might technically have more than that uh, without the box. Like as far as sprues go. I think I have two, um, but three boxes worth of the Stormcast. I think that's, okay. I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, yeah, just a little update on the Dominion boxes. Weirdly, okay, so last time we talked about Dominion, right? It was down to like, what, 107, 108 or something? They're spiking. The prices are spiking a bit. They're back up to 120 a box. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if uh, supply is finally starting to dwindle or what the deal is. But, uh, man, you better you better get them now, you know, while the uh, third edition uh... still lasts. <laughs> Yeah, people were buying the dip there, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, and they were right to do so. Is is what I think. Yeah, yeah. always think buy so. the dip. That's that's <laughs> financial advice from somebody who is not qualified to give it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man, stupid Dominion boxes. So uh, yeah, if you want to buy Dominion for far. Far less than its MSRP. Um, you could have done so for the last two years, but time might be running out. You know, I do feel like it is because I'm I'm seeing the single halves of armies now. Even though the boxes are going for one twenty, like you can't buy a single half for less than seventy seventy five anymore. So I don't know. I don't know. It must finally be catching up with us. Like the good times are over. Uh, you know, everything's just going to hell. Inflation. Dominion's up to 120. Yeah, you can track inflation by the Dominion price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, there's something bad. Something bad's going on. You Dominion's... track the value of the dollar. Last year, the price of a Dominion box was $100. Uh, now it's up to 120. Yeah. So it's, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dollar's value is down 20 cents. <laughs> uh, that actually might be partially true. Because I think it is, and probably ten yeah. percent of it is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like really. <laughs> um, uh, the other ten percent is uh, it paint bravely. The podcast keeps telling people to buy Dominion boxes, so, <laughs> so the prices are going up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we didn't mention to tell you is that uh, we own about three thousand <laughs> Dominion boxes. Yeah. We're just slowly selling them. Yeah. There's an interesting I, topic. I, uh, did did Paint Brave the podcast increase or decrease the value of Dominion oh, boxes man. by uh yeah, we told people to buy it because it's so cheap, but we also You're made right. fun of it for being so ridiculously discounted <laughs> and cheap. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. It's it go, it's interesting it because way. it it would not take much, right? Like the market on eBay for Dominion boxes isn't that big right like there are a lot of boxes but with a few people so technically yeah if like a hundred of you went out and bought a dominion box because we said so it's very likely that that would have shifted somebody's uh little automatic price thing in their ebay store by 10 20 percent or whatever yeah 
I mean, I don't think that's what happened, but you know, we've, we've gone mad with power and, and we've got our, <laughs> our pump and dump scheme with Dominion starter boxes for Age of Sigmar third edition. We got them cruel boys. <laughs> Man, do I have some cruel boys? <laughs> cruel boys speculative market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, you know the the sad thing is like I guess it's not that sad, but like the the new Stormcast models are just so much better. Oh, they're, they're so, so much, much better. better. Yeah, you painted that, some of the old uh, ones recently. Yeah, that's why I did the Stonecast thing because I'm like I am not gonna paint these. These are not good. Like I made a video about that. I said these aren't good, and yeah, I painted a new one. I painted a new army. So like all the new army that looks really nice and is painted like I put time into it. I'm going to continue to do that. The old ones? No. You get a dry brush, a three colors of gray, some grass, and a little bit of color. There, you're done. Boom. Boom. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Casey, you know, we were like, hey, I don't know if we're going to have anything to talk about today. And then you, you're Casey, right. you, you came up with a fantastic topic of the day. Uh, we haven't even gotten yeah. there yet. You, you, no, we are just, no. we're, we're dilly-dallying, you know? We're, I know. I know there's people, so much people other are, stuff. are sitting there they're painting they're like three figures into a batch painting project or, you know just cruising right along and they're like hey Brent and Casey haven't even gotten to the topic of the day I don't even know what the topic of the day is yet why did I, why did I click on this, this paint bravely <laughs> nonsense yeah now, the funny thing is I don't, even, I don't even know what this episode is going to be called until it's done so that that goes no, to show you, you the topic of the day <laughs> like that that we got um, I was going to segue into this a little bit because I was on Kickstarter, much like you just got your uh, art of book. Uh, and I noticed that the new drop paints or some such the scale 75 contrast alike paints uh, have launched. And I bought they have like a like a tester, like a basic color set, like eight or 10 colors or something for like 20 bucks. So I was like, OK, well, that's not bad. Not that I literally need any of it but sure i like scale 75 i'll I'll try it out um who knows when that'll come in uh but then i also got in the mail courtesy of army painter some speed paints the new 2.0 speed paints and it's got me thinking like man like there's a lot of like i don't want to say copycatting you know but a lot of sameness you know going around the the industry lately of uh Everybody seems to have contrast paints. Everybody's got, you know, washes and texture paints and like when when is enough enough? Like is it a bad thing that everybody's kind of chasing everything? Um where should it go in the future? Where you know, when when is it too much, I guess? Like cuz we certainly don't need all of them. Well, no one person needs all of them. That's that's definitely <laughs> yeah. true. Okay, that's that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a single painter could could benefit from like not not five or ten lines of paint, but like you, it might be nice to have two lines of paint or like bottles from two or three lines of paint around. Like that seems reasonable. And then you got your paint, you got your washes, you got your contrast paint, which is halfway between a paint and a wash, kind of. <laughs> uh, you got <laughs> <Right>. extra paint. <laughs> like, um, 
but you're right, kind of within each one of those categories. Like uh, a few years ago, contrast paints was the only contrast paint out there. And there there were yeah. certainly colored washes, like secret mm-hmm. weapon washes were kind of close. They were definitely way thinner and, and you thinner, know, less pigments yeah. than contrast paints. But, uh, you know, there, there, there were other colored washes out there, but contrast paints were its own thing for a while. And then speed paint dipping ink whatever they're whatever they're all called from from different companies and now now it's a thing that every company kind of has one of those or a lot of companies have the the thick wash or or whatever you want to call colorful washes thick colorful washes um yeah yeah it just seems like everybody's chasing down this idea that like oh well if we have these paints like you know we're gonna we're gonna get a bunch of people we're gonna do it better which you know granted from like one perspective that's this whole competition uh gives us the best product and that's totally true so it, you mm-hmm. know in a sense i'm like completely all for it but i i do think that it's getting to the point where it's like okay like it's the fifth line of contrast paints that's come out well, i don't know that we need more like I, I would much rather see just something new, you know, like wet sure. palettes for a while. We're, we're going through that. Like there, everybody had a wet palette. It's all this. Thing. And now, now lights like desk lamps is a thing. It's like, I, I have a hard time believing that these are literally from a, a different company, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So it's really, it's, I don't know. It's just grinding on me, I guess lately. It's like, I'm just seeing all these things and it's like, uh, it's I feel like we're being taken advantage of as hobbyists. I don't like that. Well, here's a tip. You don't have to buy them all. Oh, I know. You you don't. You don't. But Um, but people have this this natural like inclination to like, well, what's which one is the best one? Like, where should I spend my money? And then it's like, okay, like maybe I'll get a couple of these and test them against these or whatever, or watch a bunch of YouTube videos and but it's mm-hmm. like it's it's hard it's hard to know even then like where should you spend your money? I mean, I guess it's whatever is the thing in front of you at the time that makes the most sense for the money that you have, but um I think there's I a lot know. to that. No, I've 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 got a lot of thoughts on this and um to Okay, so competition is good. Like basically right, yeah. The the more competition out there, the more people try, the more companies trying to find an edge by finding new and interesting and better products at a more competitive price in more convenient bottles that are long lasting and durable, the the better. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, for for consumers, and then just for for us consumers, the the trick is to not buy every single one of these, but to realize. Um, that to a point, if you have most of the contrast paints, you probably don't need speed paints or dipping inks or anything else. Like if you have most of the speed paints, you probably don't need to go buy the drop paints or I, I don't even know if that's what drop paints are, but like, I, I don't actually either. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. that's what they are. It's what they look yeah. like, but I, okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, there's, there's another element here. That is uh, where things are made and where things are available. So, like, I like Vallejo paints. Like, I I like most of their line. 
except their washes. I don't like Vallejo washes, but like most of the <laughs> Vallejo fair. line is pretty good. And yeah, there have been times where my local store has sold Vallejo and I should have cherished those times more than I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's got to a point now where uh, it seems like Vallejo has great availability in Europe, obviously, especially Spain, but like it Vallejo, very good in Europe. Um, but in America, it's pretty hard. Like Vallejo is a special order in America, essentially, yeah. de depending yeah. on, on who your local hobby store is. Um, but yeah, one of the, the most popular and widest, uh, you know, range of available paints in Europe is hard to get in America, but America has Monument Hobbies is an American company. Um, Privateer Press is an American company. It's harder to get their paints now. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Army Painter is from Denmark, <laughs> but uh, they do a, a really good job of distributing to the United States. And so to a degree, uh, some of these companies are doing the filtering for us of mm – -hmm. Your local store is only going to carry a small subset of of all of this stuff that's out there anyway, and yeah, like I think to get Vallejo near me, I need to go to Hobby Lobby, which I do not do. So I yeah, well, and I they and they only carry like a quarter rack of just model color, right? Right, and model occasionally good. the uh, the metallics and a very small, like the sure. the metal color, the good ones. But even then, it's like. They're way overpriced, and I would not recommend doing that. So don't mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you live in Europe, maybe you get them Vallejo shifters, and if you live in America, maybe Turbo Dork uh, colors are easier to get. And then, so to a degree, like the the fact that this really is a huge global multinational hobby is is awesome. Is fascinating. Um, but it makes life difficult for some of these paint companies that are trying to label paints to conform with regulations in all of these different places and mm -hmm. that are trying to ship to all these different places. And so to a point, like just the realities of the globe and oceans, uh, kind of helps us sort out all of these different brands. Um, yeah. So scale 75 <laughs> I've never seen scale 75 in person or really? I did go, I did go to Miniac's house once and I think I saw a couple of bottles there, <laughs> <Yes>. but like, <laughs> oh, uh, that's great. but I've, yeah, I, I haven't seen scale 75 in person. I've heard great things about their paint. I've never used it. And, um, I, I think it's great that they're out there making cool products and selling cool products. And, uh, if I if I run into them in the wild someday, I may buy them. But it's it's one of those things where I already have enough paints that I don't need to be making special orders to get more paints to try the version from an extra company. Um, yeah, be, because to a point, like there there's going to be subtle differences between the formulations of all these different paints. Mm -hmm. um, and and certainly there are going to be like individual winners within these different paint lines. You know, you, you got to get yourself some Incubi Darkness and Moot Green from Citadel. <laughs> uh, yeah. But 
Um, but but other than that, like, yeah, you, if you have a line of paints available to you and they, they work well, like, you're, you're solid. Um, but as a broader point, the fact that there is more competition out there, these companies are competing against each other, trying to make better and more innovative products. Uh, great. Wonderful. Have at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if... Uh, I I myself would hesitate to start a paint brand right now because I think there is an issue of saturation in in the paint market. Um, yeah, I mean you know a year ago Duncan Rhodes launched his line of paints and right on they're good paints good good for you Duncan um, yeah. and and it seems to be working out for you but um, as if I was thinking about getting into a business, I don't know if I'd get into the paint business because it seems saturated at this point, but there's a lot of people out there making good products and that gives consumers more choices and, and that's all good. Um, I think the only hesitation I have in terms of, you know, is it better for there to be like four solid paint brands out there versus 10 solid paint brands is at a point the batch size becomes an issue like if if companies are making really small batches of each color and yeah. you know uh have have fewer facilities for the bottling and the labeling and all that the 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 kind of the price per bottle has to go up because they're doing it in smaller volume yeah. um and so it, so that's kind of an issue but for the most part, competition is good and, and variety is good, I'd say. Yeah, I, I just I feel like we're in that kind of middle area where where it is so saturated and there are so many companies that we do need to see some like consolidation for for that exact reason. It's like if you're making small batches, how different is each batch and how consistent am I getting that? How often are you shipping it to that store that I go to? Um it's super up in the air and, and with some of the products out there, like I was saying, like the lights or something or like wet palettes in general, it's like, how different are these things? Where are you sourcing your materials from the same places? Because they're not different. They're just not different products. Like they might be branded differently in some cases. Um, but it's really hard to say. And, and I guess what we're not seeing, what I'm missing is actual innovation and different changes in in from these companies like we're not getting like something new i guess we're not getting something that is very specific to one company or the other it's just all the same stuff right like i i guess that's really what my issue is anyways i'm just not like i want to see more cool stuff and i feel like it's just it's just been like this this bandwagon kind of thing um, which kind of kills me because, well, it's, me, I don't know, it's just it's too let me much. throw out a a different topic or, or point here. Sure. Um, let's think about Dungeons and Dragons for a second. Forget forget mini painting. Think about what people buy in Dungeons and Dragons. They buy dice and a notebook nice. and the rule book, huh? and huh? then they buy yeah, pen. Uh, like utensil. different colored dice. And then they buy oh, dice yeah, yeah. made out of wood, and then they buy dice made out of stone, and dice made out of metal, 
and they buy like a little carrying box for their dice that looks like a dagger and you pull the dagger out of its sheath but inside the dagger are these little metal dice like along Nobody owns pull, along the blade of the dagger Nobody um, owns that. And then no you way. start buying the dice towers, which instead of oh, yeah. just like using your hand to roll the two dice that you need to roll or the one die that you need to roll, you you instead put the, the die at the top of a ramp and it falls down uh-huh. the ramp through the inside of a castle and it comes out yeah, the right. bottom of the castle through this. the portcullis. And then mm-hmm. you can see that you rolled a three on a D20. Um, mm-hmm. So there's... People who have hobbies like to spend their disposable time and their disposable income on their hobbies and they will find things to buy. And I think, I think D and D is like the most ridiculous example because you seriously need a pen and a piece of paper to play D and D. That's, that's what you actually need. And you don't actually even need dice. Like you can literally do that with (laughs) pen and paper one of your friends has enough dice like it's it's okay yeah <laughs> yeah the last time that i played D in person with people it was everybody bought a new dice set for themselves and it's like sure. we literally could have just used one d20 to pass around it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah so you, you know you're you're talking about like how much how many innovation and new products and stuff is there um there's there's a point where you have everything that you need. You have you have yeah. a palette, brushes, paints, and then like a couple of specialty paints. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a limit to to what you actually need to paint minis, and and it is not a, a forever expanding marketplace of accessories that you, that you need to acquire. <laughs> um, so you know, okay, I, but I, but check this out. Okay. From okay. a company, from a company like, um, it's called God Hand. I've yep. talked about it a little bit before. Yep. I was sent a thumb palette. Hmm. Okay. Now this is kind of Des- what I'm talking describe about. Describe this. Yeah. Okay. It's a wet. Well, I guess it's not a wet palette so much. It's it's a, a disposable palette, dry palette, right? Okay. But it comes with a little ring. It attaches to your thumb. Where, you know, typically a lot of miniature painters test their brush out on their back of their thumb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's a little square attached to the ring that yeah. has paper on it that's palette paper. So you can wear this thing on your thumb, paint your miniatures, you get a little bit of paint on your wet palette, and you test it on the miniature palette. Oh, yeah. And then you can paint your model. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm, not yeah. saying it, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's innovation. That's Something innovation. New. That's exactly like, the word I was going to use. That's innovation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying we need to go that far left field. Okay. I think that's taken it a step too far in the, the weirdness factor of a product. But like, that's more what I mean. It's diversity in product types. Like I want these companies to be like, look, we are this company. We stand for this. So we make products based on that stance, not, they have a thing. I want to make that thing now. See what I mean? Yeah. Like a, th- a thumb palette aside. Like, so so there has been some innovation. Like I'd, I'd say that contrast paints really were like a new thing. Yeah. I'd say that color shifting paints 
while having existed forever, were kind of a new thing in this hobby. In this um, hobby, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, you go look at the catalog for Green Stuff World. Like, they didn't invent anything in their catalog. They stole and then patented everything in their catalog. But uh, if you look at the catalog for Green Stuff World, you will see, like, several clever ideas in there for sure. Um, sure. Yeah, there's... There are still clever ideas out there, and, and we do get some new ones, but I agree with you. Like, a lot of the stuff we're seeing is like, oh, another company got their version of, of speed paint, contrast paint, whatever. Like, cool, 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 cool. Um, but for the consumer, competition is good as long as the oh, consumer yeah. doesn't feel like you need to buy uh, contrast paints from five different companies. You don't. <laughs> You don't. You're good. No, you you're really good. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you are switching from actual contrast paint, because dropper bottles are just going to work better for you. Then you see, need that's a see that's two, a valid innovation on yeah. that idea, right? Like, like this is different. This is this is useful. Look, I made a video <laughs> about speed paint because I thought it was nice that they were half the price of contrast paint and came in an actual bottle. Like, I, th I thought that and, was and good. That is I thought that was good. Very, yeah. very fair. Uh, very fair uh, take on that. Like, I, I like that and I'm happy about it, uh, especially because I use them in my airbrush, right? Like, sure. Have you ever tried to dump contrast paint in your airbrush? It's nice. No, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I, no, no. I've seen, people, sure. like, I've seen the image of people like taking that tiny pot and pouring it into the cup of the airbrush and it, it distresses me and makes me unhappy. I, yeah. I do it, it all the day. time. Ugh. I do it all the time. Ugh. I did transfer, I transferred a bunch of my contrast paints into dropper bottles. So the ones I actually used, okay. like the ones okay. I had to purchase more of because I used it so much. Like, yep. yeah, that was, those were the only ones that got into dropper bottles. Everything else is, it's in the back somewhere desk i think mm. but mm. uh so yeah so i don't know i just i just wanted to throw that out there a little bit because i was kind of perusing the, the kickstarter landscape investing in some more contrast paints uh yeah yeah just like like i, I guess the i mean the takeaway obviously is the competition is very good right we're gonna get things i just i just wish it was a little bit beyond the normal that's that's all that's all i'm getting at yeah, I mean, to a point, there's there's a limit to what we actually need to paint miniatures. Oh, for sure. But there I want is. the dice box. I want the multicolored whatevers. Like, come on now. Yeah, try, yeah, just yeah. try it. Try it for a second. <laughs> you, you like your dirty down rust, don't you? Like, that's, I that's kind of a new thing. I do like it. Yeah. And if more people were innovating... See, okay, <laughs> in, this, in this case, competition is actually non-existent in that realm. Nobody else is taking whatever that stuff is uh -huh. that they've put together and, and making that. Therefore, those bottles are freaking $20, $30 a piece. It's insane. That is actually insane. Are they actually yet, as high as 20? Like I, yeah. Oh, dude, like on Amazon I still right now, I think you can I still get haven't put it in bucks. a video yet. I still haven't put Dirty Down Rust or whatever in a video yet because I'm like, I cannot tell people to buy a $20 tiny little pot of paint. Like I can't do it. Like I, I won't <laughs> I've used do it. it uh, <laughs> three or four, three or four times now in, in some videos. And every single time I'm just like, this is great. And it's also really, really expensive. Like yeah. it just is. It can be both. It can be both. It, yeah. it can be yeah. both. 
Um, but competition, yeah, like, come on, come on, guys. Like, if you're gonna you're gonna start copying things, like copy the best things. Like, come on, give me some of the yep. dirty down. Call it rusty something else down, and and give me that for three dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna go there. <laughs> do, do you have anything to say about the the lights, the hobby lights, the hobby lamps? I mean. I just, I'm again, just like seeing these patterns, right? Like these different yeah. companies are coming out with these products and they're calling them something. And to me, it feels like 3D printing where these 3D printing companies are going, hey, we've discovered this. And it's like, yeah, so do those other four guys. Like, Check this out. Now stay yeah, with me. Come on. A 4K <laughs> screen. Yeah. Right, and it's the same uh, parts number as the other four on the market. Like, come on, guys. Right. Like, stop trying to fool people, right? And it's like, I don't know if that's the case with some of these hobby lights. Cause, but, but, I mean, some of the claims that I'm seeing are just kind of out there. It's like, oh, this has been, you know, formulated yeah. and, and uh, tested yep. scientifically to do all these things. And it's like, I don't think so. That looks like an LED strip inside of a bar. Like, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I can't technically say one way or another, but I have a feeling. <laughs> so, so every once in a while I get an email from red grass, games, red gas, sure. red grass games. And, um, they have sent me a couple of pallets and they've sent me, mm -hmm. uh, they're very sharp little nippers and like, yeah, they're, they're solid stuff. Like they're, they're nice web pallets. They're nice clippers. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, a couple of months ago, they sent me an email like, hey, we're, we're launching a new hobby lamp. And like you said, they, were, they had a, a b list of bullet points of why this was the best lamp ever. And I'm just yeah. uh, it's like, um, good, good luck, guys. I'm, I'm good on lights. <laughs> like yeah. people, people have been working on uh, – uh, interior lighting since Thomas Edison, and I think we're <laughs> quite we're literally pretty yeah. well sorted at this point. But uh, good, hey, good luck, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, this light above my head in this shot—that is that light. That light. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the actual red grass light. Yeah. Did you I get that them, email and say yes? Is that what happened? <laughs> that's that's the thing. I said no. Okay. I said no, and they sent it anyways. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> because yeah, they they did send me a wet palette and some other stuff, and it was like, oh yeah, like totally. I'd love to to try yeah. this wet palette because like I like a good wet palette, right? Um, and I do like that wet palette. It's very good. So it I is. Well, how, how, how's palette. the lamp? Now I'm curious. Like, did I well, did I make and, a mistake? Did the I do they pass up the deal of the century? What's what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, if I only had the pamphlet on me, then maybe we'll talk about it some other time. But. <laughs> Because <laughs> the innovation, pull it out your back pocket where you keep the <laughs> yeah. pamphlet for the uh, the hobby lamp. All the yeah. fancy information about it. So it's a perfectly fine lamp. Like if sure. you need a desk lamp, and and I don't know what this thing is going to be priced at, because uh, it's going on Kickstarter like next month or something. Okay. Um, okay. If it's a good price for a desk lamp, and this is a pretty beefy like like metal swing arm that's. Uh, Okay. Friction, yep. Right. Yep. So it's yep. nice. Uh, super adjustable lights, adjustable brightness. Pretty standard, I'd say, for like a desk lamp. Um, if it's a good price, then yeah, cool. Is it something that they're? I I don't even remember what some of the the claims are. It's like some weird stuff, but I don't know if that's true. I don't even know if I can test that and tell you if it's true. The best color realistic. Uh, 
Light. Yeah, realistic cut. Like yeah. I have little LED ring lights that I I usually use, like one on each side that kind of point in the center. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Other than now, I don't have two LED ring lights. I have one nice lamp above me. So cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of the stuff, like it is very useful to have a nice lamp at your painting desk. And yeah. if you have not yet uh, satisfied that requirement, then sure. Look, look at Red Grass Games is light. Uh, you got to get a light on your desk, that's for sure. But um, if you mm -hmm. do have a lamp on your desk, you might be all set already. I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, like the I think the the setup that most people end up going with is like the oh, the ten dollar IKEA, you know, old school lamp, one on each side with yeah, a daylight bulb in it, and you're and you, you're good. At, you got. No shadow. You don't have any shadows in there. You're pointing it however it's adjustable. Like if it if this lamp falls in that category, then A plus. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will, but you know, it's a perfectly fine lamp. I don't think it's different than if somebody else like Green Stuff World had a lamp. I don't think it would be different. No, if Green Stuff had a lamp, it would be exactly the same, <laughs> and they would yeah. uh, they would file some legal injunctions against Redgrass Games, so they would <laughs> for yeah. stealing their lamp idea. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> so they'd get mad at them for using the word lamp. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, you can't you can't call it that. We're least, we're referring to the time that uh, uh, Green Stuff World got pretty pissy about uh other people using the word color shift because uh right. color shift hasn't been around since like decades ago and used on like automobile colors and everything else like, you can quite literally go to walmart right now yeah. and find two or three brands of paint that have color shift in the name like it was never an issue and i get that yeah. it is in apparently in spain they don't have that or some such I don't know. Like well, they maybe, they went maybe. hard after Vallejo for calling their color shift paints color shift paints. So yeah, enough for them to change the that's name. That's fun. Yeah, it's the shifters <laughs> yeah. now. Right. Right. Oh right, right. boy, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty sad. Honestly, yeah, it's it's so sad to me. Yeah, yeah. Green stuff world. Like, if you want your brand to be thought of well, uh, is the word color shift more important to you than uh, getting good press on Paint Bravely a podcast? You decide. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that that does yeah. kind of feed into it, though. It's like the frivolous, lot, the frivolous like legal and... action about stupid words <laughs> that like are commonly used words and industry standard right. words. Like, I, I guess know. if you can get I away mean, with I, it, I, don't I know. guess Spain will let you have the word color shift, but you're gonna get some bad press on paper for the podcast. I'll, t I'll tell you that for nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's great that there's so many paint brands out there putting putting stuff out and trying stuff out because like every once in a while we do see innovation. Um, and every so often, yeah, yeah. I mean, contrast paints were pretty cool, but then every other company found out that you could sell the same thing for half the price in better bottles, and that was cool <laughs> innovation. That was that was an iterative step, but it was a good one, and I'm glad right, that right. every other company took it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Just wonder what's next. I guess. 
for paint. I mean, you, you're right. There should be more companies making dirty down paints to force I mean, down should. the dirty prices and dirty down uh, rust and moss and verdigris, you know? Well, I guess in somewhere in Europe, I don't know where they make it, whatever company, but wherever they make it, you can buy a, a like two liter bottle of that stuff for the same price. Like literally. That's better. Like, like a, That's much better. But yeah. yeah. But it's just, just like, orthogonal oh, solvents and, and pigments, right? right. Like it's, uh, I think. Like, is it though? Is it? We don't know. I don't know. If it is though, sure? why isn't anybody making it? <laughs> Word azeotrope need- might be involved. I like I don't know. Like, but uh, well, if you other know, people should make it. Yeah, we're gonna call it Rust Bravely, and and it'll be not twenty dollars. How about that? That's right. <laughs> Get your bottle of Rust Bravely at youtubecom slash podcast dot yeah com. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.